0: Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball podcast. It is episode 27. My co-captain today is Scott Larson. Dude, it's so good to have you back. Thanks, man. I feel like I've been out of the country for a while. You have been. You got to tell us. Cuz last time I was we had Martin on. I told everyone that you're a superhero contributing your your awesome superpowers down there. You got to tell us what it was like.
1: You know, it's it's amazing <laughs> I, I feel very lucky that so many people ha- they they want to do something um, and w- uh, something for the community or something for um, some some sort of charitable work. And sadly, so many of us get so jaded when you see all these charities out there where they do an expose on it, and you find out you know one cent of your dollar goes toward uh, toward actually doing something, and most of it's for overhead or publicity or or PR. And in many ways, we get very jaded with the uh, charitable community. And I, those questions are good to ask. You have to ask those questions because there are unscrupulous people out there who will set up charities and leverage the the good faith of people um, for their benefit. Thankfully, um, my job is one that is something that I can do. Um and so the organization that I work with, it's a local organization here in Utah. And we go down to Guatemala and we fix cleft lips and cleft palates. And, uh, and everybody donates their time. Everybody pays their own way. And all the money that we actually raise, um, it goes toward the surgeries. It goes toward the, the supplies that we need to buy and all that. And so uh, we don't make any money off it. It's uh, everything is volunteer time. We pay our own way. And the money that we uh, we take down is directly given to uh, facilitate these surgeries. And I'm very lucky that my job is, uh, avail- is, it allows me to do this type of thing. And I was also lucky to find the right organization. Uh, and hopefully I'll be doing it for uh, years and years. But it's an amazing feeling that I'm not sure who gets more out of it is the team who goes down or the kids uh, because it's this amazing fulfillment that you are doing something because you just want to give back somehow. And I I feel again, lucky that my talents, my skill set is being able to be used in this way. So uh, that's, so that's what I did and I've been doing it. This is my fourth trip down and we go every year and, I will do it as long as they keep doing it.
0: That is so totally awesome. Like I know we do this just for fun, the the pinball podcast and whatnot. And we hope to help those like in the hobby may learn something or whatnot. But what you did down there is truly changing someone's life for the better for the rest of their lives. And it's just it's amazing. I it just I don't know. If you didn't see the pictures, become friends with Scott on Facebook. They're just awesome. Seeing these children, that what are they? One and two. The, I think the the oldest you said was a uh, three or four. We
1: can operate anybody under eighteen. So the the laws allow us to operate under eighteen. So we can do charitable work for uh, um, pediatric populations. Okay. So it's uh, yeah, with the cleft lips and palates, we try to do them as early as we can. Uh, lips you can do uh, within uh, a, a couple months of being born. Palates. We typically fix the lip first, and then do the palate later. Um, not all, not not all lips have a broken palate. Not all palates have a cleft lip. It's uh, there's uh, there's just some overlap on either of them. But um, it's pretty amazing that this hospital was set up by a concert promoter out of Nashville. It's called the Shalom Foundation, and we go and thankfully we go and we pay to use their facility. But all the money that we pay goes toward the full-time people who are there. Oh, okay, and and so we we pay them about ten thousand a week. But I, it's a building there with with people, and, and that's their jobs and everything. And so it's uh, I feel it's very well
0: well used. It it really is. It makes my last couple of weeks look very boring, <laughs> very selfish well, compared I, to your two. <laughs>
1: Well, it's not I mean, cuz okay, I I do that one week out of, out of 52, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So the the other 51, I I am I'm doing what what everybody else is doing. Is you know, I have I have a job, I have a mortgage, I have uh you know, we, we pay for our kids' uh school. You know, so it's that is standard life. And you you don't need to apologize for that. That's standard it's life. It's true, and, yeah. Um and so there are so many ways that you can reach out and it doesn't have to be something like what I just did. I it, there are local places and do your due diligence, find something, a way of actually being able to give back. And it helps you look beyond yourself. It's so easy to be self-focused and to be jaded. Um, and I can, we'll get into this later, but <laughs> it's so easy if you just get overwhelmed by social media or even the news cycle, and it doesn't matter which side you're on. If you're the 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 right side, the left side, blue, green, uh, yellow, w- whatever, um, you can find battlegrounds. Yep. And if you get sucked into those battlegrounds, you get really entrenched into an overwhelming feeling of sadness. That there's like, are there good people out there? Because sometimes you don't know. So it just, I would encourage anybody. To find something to be able to give back, and whether or not it's whether or not it's your church, whether or not it's a volunteer organization, whether or not it's, it's something that you feel passionate about, uh, I would just encourage you to to do something and just figure out what to do because you'll notice your your own personal spiritual namaste will be
0: so much better. Well, they've off. even proven they've had scientists look into this and they say the families. And the people that are the happiest are those that serve others, and yeah, it's just you can teach your children selflessness, and they'll grow up to hopefully promote that in their own lives. I mean, it's just serving others is a fantastic way to make yourself may realize you have it better than what some other people have it, and that you can give back more than you think you can. So,
1: yeah, I, I would even put it in a different perspective: is that it's easy to look in, in comparisons and, and we've all done this where we say, oh, you're so lucky to be born X because if you compare yourself to Y, and that is one way of looking at it. I guess the way I, I look at it is, you know, you can be happy and miserable regardless of yeah. where you are, socioeconomic status or political status or government status or anything. You can be happier and miserable and um, – it's uh I, I again this sounds like a, a cat poster like on lego movie where it talks about <laughs> a trite thing but it, you know it, it was like one of those memes that someone shared and it's like uh, it's either like an old indian proverb or a cherokee proverb and i don't know i don't really have a background in it in uh that uh that culture but it basically said there, you know there are two animals inside you and one of them is a uh one of them's a care a, a, you know a caring wolf and all that kind of stuff and one of them's a ravenous wolf and uh, and uh, attacks and and they say you know wh- which one succeeds and it says yep. the one you feed and so i feel that it, in life it is the one you feed which which creature inside you are you feeding uh, because that's really going to uh
0: dictate what type of person you are well you know people tuned in for pinball and we just gave them like a life lesson
1: <laughs> i know i know sorry sorry this is no it's uh, good yeah christopher franchi's we we broke one of franchi's rules for pinball so pinball oh, my podcast goodness. so
0: Dude, that, have you listened to Super Awesome Pinball Show?
1: Yeah, actually. So, I, ironically, um, one of my uh, um, one of our good friends here, Matt uh, Matt Treblom, uh he texted me and he said, okay, at Texas Pinball Festival, we need to have the anesthesiology throwdown." Yes. And so I so I actually test uh, I messaged uh, Christian, who's Doctor Pin and Mrs. Pin, and I just said. <laughs> The crazy thing is we texted back and forth for like an hour.
0: That's um, awesome.
1: it was it was pretty amazing just going back and forth and, and you know and then Mrs. Penn uh chimed in the next uh, uh the next day she was like, "Man, I was asleep but you guys were talking all night." <laughs> so, yeah, no, so it, I did listen and they they've got a great show. If you haven't checked it out, it's fun. It's it's a little bit more of a uh, think of a today show for pinball. Yep. Uh, and I, I look at that as a positive thing. You know, the reason why they have things like the today show or good morning America or something like that, because it is a fun, upbeat, high energy show that is meant to entertain, but also inform, but it's, it's a discussion. It's, it's a little more of a, uh, a lively experience than I think your standard, uh, uh, your standard pinball podcast, which, uh, Josh and I are part of the standard pinball podcast community where it's two guys who are enthusiasts who are bouncing ideas back and
0: forth. Yep. Well, and let's just, let's just talk about for two seconds. So did you listen to the Joe Cam interview?
1: You know what? So I was out of the country, so (laughs) I didn't. So, but I did read the recap. I read the recap on this week in pinball. So go ahead and take it.
0: Okay. Uh, I just want to point out just like two or three things. The first thing is, I bet Jeff Patterson is just freaking out, which we kind of do know that Harry Potter was mentioned. I don't know if Joe does this to get people like excited to gauge interest. I, I don't know what it is, but he said that was going to be more expensive than the Beatles, which cool. I think it'll sell more than 1964 then. And another thing is I I sent this quote directly to you and it, it makes me laugh. I've got to, I've got to pull this up really, really quick. Um, He, this is Joe Cow talking about de- designing, pinball machines with gary stern and it goes like this you know i love making a game you know i'm not going to be as good as brian eddie or that kid that made jurassic park or the king steve Ritchie. and then he goes on later on to say i also like that kid who made atomic meltdown or whatever that game was <laughs> so so keith elwin you are now officially Keith Elwin, the kid, or the kid Keith Keith kid. Elwin, and Scott Denisi is also known as the kid who made Atomic Meltdown. So,
1: <laughs> I, I I love Atomic melt I, I actually want to okay. I want Franchi to make me a back glass now that says Atomic yes. Meltdown because that is oh. that is awesome. Yeah, and and I love that I love that he calls uh, he calls Keith a kid because Keith is obviously. <laughs> he's been you know he's been a legend he's been in the field forever and he has the two two of the best games that have made in the last two years and yeah so it's it's just funny anytime you talk to someone who's in their 60s and 70s everybody's a kid to them so it's it's pretty it's hilarious it was great
0: and so it it was a really good interview if you got the time i highly recommend it check out super awesome pinball show i'm not going to pretend that i'm not a little upset, Franchi, that you didn't put our intro in there. Come on, you got like everyone else. Even Orbital Albert got a shout out in your intro. Come on, dude what's what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, no, we're just <laughs> we're just not that important. <laughs> I know, no biggie. We're, yeah, Orbital Albert might be your fifth favorite podcast, but we're your what twenty first? Hey, we're at least twenty
1: first out of 22nd. So yeah, that works. Um, you know, okay. The, the take home message from the Joe Kamikow interview though is you realize that. To make a company, you you rely on people who have different strengths. Correct. So Joe is not – he is not a legendary designer, but he is a legendary businessman. And so he is very good about being able to work licenses and figuring out ways of converting one license to a marketable product that is a game. So it, for him to actually even bring up Harry Potter – Obviously, so many people have gone after the license. But of all the people who work in licenses, I would say that the two most likely people who would be able to get something done would be one Joe Kamika or two Roger Sharp, because that is what they have been doing. Yep. They have been working in licenses their entire life.
0: Well, and the other thing they tease too, I don't know if you read this, but back to the future. does that does that tickle your fancy? I put Back to
1: the Future as um, the Matrix because there are a lot of movies that came out with multiple, multiple sequels. Uh, and when you look at it, the, mo- the first movie was an all-in-one great show. And when you go back and look at uh, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3, Back to the Future 3 is completely forgettable. Back to the Future 2. It has the fun. Hey, way into the future, which by the way is in the past right now. But they have uh, you know, the hover bikes and all, all that kind of stuff. And so that was fun, but when you look back on it, it doesn't hold up. It feels like a Saturday Night Live skit. And so having a Back to the Future game that is just the original movie, sure. Yeah. That that would be fun because that is iconic. Yeah. Um If you look, and I feel the same way about The Matrix. Uh, The other two Matrix films are complete garbage. Um, They have no soul, they just have a lot of special effects. And you're thinking, yeah, okay, it was fun to watch, but there's nothing really memorable about it. I'd probably add the last three Star Wars movies to that, too. Sorry, Jeff Parsons. Uh, But
0: um, last three, what about the last six? Come on, come on.
1: Okay, Rogue One was awesome. Yeah. I will take Rogue One. All the last uh, six
0: canon movies. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You can you can shoot him out of a cannon for exactly. all I care. Um, yeah, the but if you had a Back to the Future game, just one, then yes. And, and this is the same thing that that Stern hit on with Jurassic Park. They didn't do Jurassic Park World, Lost World, um, Jurassic whatever, insert etc. 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 They said Jurassic Park. That's the yep. game. So if you're gonna do Back to the Future. Do Back to the Future? Don't do Back to the Future Three for miscellaneous whatever.
0: So, would you get a Back to the Future pinball machine, or is it one of those that you'd have to see and play first?
1: <sighs> well, if they focus the theme on just the original movie, and it plays like a Jurassic Park, yeah, yeah, I'd okay. do it because that's a fun, that's a fun touchstone from it the. It really 80s. is. I- uh, and that 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 is my childhood like it came up when I was like 10 or 11 uh, 1985 so I was uh, it was the summer before I turned 11. so that's that wheelhouse so um, what I would say is maybe but it would have to be done right I, I'm not gonna buy it just on license I'm not a, I'm not a fanboy like you are for teenage mutant.
0: Ninja but here's shows. the thing though okay so I've been debating this the last couple of days. I know you just talked about Jurassic park. I just love what they're doing with the beta right now. I love the concept of you've got a game, you've got your full blown pinball machine, but then you have like the speed run that Keith's doing and you can either like save people or just beeline it for the helipad and get out of there. And it actually cords the fastest time. I love these concepts like God mode or are you a God on ghostbusters? And so I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Cause I grew up on Jurassic park. I love Jurassic park. But the fact that Ninja Turtles is coming out, it puts me in a spot where I'm like, I'll just wait. Because if if Ninja Turtles is fantastic, then, you know, and I'm, I've kind of just come to the point where I'm like, I'll just buy them both. But I've got to figure out when I'm going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, um, I get it. But what it, what it comes down to, I really do want a Jurassic Park. It's fantastic. And I think it's not just because of the theme, but it's what Keith has done with that game. It's just, it's fantastic. If you've not played a Jurassic Park, I don't know where you've been living. And if you if you've been under a rock, then it's it's time to get out. Come to TPF. We'll play it with you. It just it it looks so good. It, that premium is just fantastic. My only letdown of of all of this is the quality of the build right now. I know people say it's just dimples, but I own a Monster Bash, and I have like no dimples on it. And my attack for Mars does have dimples, but the ball gets a lot more airborne on that game. And I guess it goes to this point. I mean, stranger things, the ball gets airborne obviously all the time. But there's got to be a point where the play field has to become a little bit more dent proof. I don't know exactly the word we're going for here. but And, and we'll talk about this later because other companies are doing this. And this I think that's what makes this so much worse is because other companies are already doing what the community is asking Stern to do. Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to go off on three yeah. tangents, but there's three. So, so Jurassic Park beta oh. code or Playfield oh, <laughs> or whatever you want, yeah. go for it. Or Ninja Turtles.
1: All right. So many, many, so many games. Your your love of Ninja Turtles. You wish you were the fifth Ninja Turtle, and uh, dimpling. Okay. Um, you know I'll take the dimpling first. So, uh, <laughs> the random car ride I had with Steve Ritchie, where we took him to get highlighters and booze. <laughs> Um, he actually said dimpling. He's like, look, they all dimple. They've always all dimpled. It'll all even out. It's not a big deal. And so, okay, uh, I'll take Steve Ritchie. And yes, we'll talk about uh, the other pinball options. Um, so I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah, it's it does it does look a little concerning, but I'm gonna trust the king on this. Okay. One. So I so I'll let that go. Um, second thing, mini mini games. You have to have this. If you want to have um, speed running is a thing. And with uh, with all the games I grew up with, the Nintendo, uh, the NES games, which are perfect for that, the speed run is the way most people are playing them now. They're not really playing them to, to complete everything. And so in order to compete with modern interest, you're going to have to speedrun. And really, you're going to have to figure out ways to make it um to make it marketable so being able to to uh stream or to have a competition for a speedrun competition that's uh, there's a reason why in billiards they do nine ball yep. they do nine ball because it's it's television friendly there are so many other billiard games out there but nine ball is the one that's television friendly and so that's why yep. they do it so finding out a way of doing a speed run you're gonna have to do that um the last one, uh, what was the third one? Ninja Turtles. Oh, your love of yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get you a uh, a uh, burgundy a bandana and a loincloth so you can j- dress up like the fifth Ninja Turtles. So
0: can, can we talk about Ninja Turtles just for for five seconds? I know people hear me every episode, but I've, I've got to say this. So last episode, Mart and I were talking about it. And he's like, you're the only one in this room that can be disappointed about this. I get that. I want everyone out there to understand, if you're not a Ninja turtle fan... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have went through so many iterations over the last 30-plus years that it's okay if Stern doesn't hit the mark because there's been so many terrible things to come out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe that I'm just excited that Zombie Yeti is doing the artwork. Like, I know that the artwork's going to be fantastic. So, I don't think you can make it any worse than the Michael Bay movies. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just... I'm not too worried about disappointment on this one where like the Star Wars fans, they really love the original trilogy and you can't blame them because it's a really good trilogy. But if you don't meet that standard, it kind of, it kind of lets that fan down where me, I've seen Ninja Turtles that are four foot tall. I've seen Ninja Turtles that are nine foot tall that could throw down with the Hulk, um, which makes no sense if you're going to be small and silent and deadly. But anyways, uh, you've got... I mean, and fitness yeah. singers, by the way. I mean the fifth Ninja turtle, I know we were joking about the fifth Ninja turtle. There's actually two of them. The first one's name was Venus de Milo. She was so terrible that it broke up the two creators of the Ninja turtles. Like you can't make a pinball machine so bad that it, it forces the two Ninja turtle creators to go away from each other. I just, there's just so much. That's why I'm saying like, it's such a interesting, if you really dig into the his, history of Ninja turtles, There's a lot of really, really low points. So I'm not too worried when it comes to a pinball machine. And and I get there's other diehards out there, but someone that says that they love everything of Ninja Turtles, like congratulations, that's very awesome of you. But I think it's very Star Wars-esque in the fact that there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. And if you want to enjoy the Star Wars universe, you've got to go and take a grain of salt with some of it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I... So uh, actually, I, I equate the uh, the uh, Venus de Milo experiment with a little bit like Smurfette in the Smurfs. Okay, yeah. In that, no, I'm yeah. serious. Like I, I still remember the episode when Gargamel made Smurfette as a, a as a she was supposed to be a, a, a plant to take down the Smurfs, and I still never figured out why he wanted to eat them, or was it magical powers? I I don't even understand the Smurf berries. All the all the cartoons in the '80s. Where everybody got magical powers by eating some magical weird thing, and then at the same time on all the uh, on all the uh, games out there in the eighties, it said winners don't use
0: drugs. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I
1: thought that was interesting. Uh, but so yes, obviously the Venus de Milo experiment didn't work for the Turtle Turtles, but Smurfette did work for the Smurfs. So like, I don't fault them for that. But yeah, I actually do love that they. Uh, it, it's it's a. It, it, as Josh uh, referenced, if you haven't seen uh, the Games Who Made Us or, or whatever the, the toys uh, who, on Netflix, The Toys Who Made Us, yes. There you go. The Toys That Made Us. It actually talked about the whole evolution of that, where that broke up. So one guy took off. The other guy bought him out and then ended up selling that to Nickelodeon for $60 million. No, no It was
0: $80 million. 80,
1: okay, $80 million. But then Nickelodeon went and made like $460 million on this franchise that i thought was dead and gone forever it would be the same as them like reinventing voltron or reinventing power rangers and still being able to make money off it it's shocking to me the the longevity of teenage mutant ninja turtles but
0: it's really really impressive uh, and there is a new fifth ninja turtle but you got to read the comics She, she it's fantastic she's done right venus de milo was not so and yeah Oh, what, who's the new? Who's the new uh, her name is Jenica, and she, to boil it down, to make a long story short, uh, she was dying, and one of the turtles gave her a blood transfusion uh, to save her, and it mutated her into a turtle. Co- so was she like a pocket box turtle? No, she was she, like what kind of turtle was she? Was she a no? Sea I, no, she's the same as the Ninja Turtles. Okay, but they were like normal
1: turtles that like mutated into humanoid Correct. form. So she was humanoid without
0: being mutated. Yes, so she was a human who got a blood transfusion who then turned turtle. Oh. So she was she I was see. an assassin that worked with the turtles. It, it's very complex. It's it's very in- I don't know. Read the comic books. They're totally worth it.
1: That that sounds that sounds completely ridiculously
0: stupid like all of the storyline which is why it okay. probably fits this in really is the well. only problem i have i don't know if you've followed a lot of the origin stories but the ninja turtles no <laughs> ninja turtles have always no. had their origin intertwined with the foot clan it's like it, it's just it's the same like superman always came from krypton you know what i'm saying like you just don't mess with that and for some odd reason in the michael bay okay. movies like they just happen to mutate from some science experiment and when they were in the sewers um, a, a book of martial arts fell through the grate and they decided hey let's just learn martial arts one day that that totally makes sense it's yeah. so it just it was really lame anywho okay you, you've heard enough of my ninja turtles we're moving on <laughs> seriously you you are like king fanboy on this one well i i dude i'm a product i might have been born in 87 but i love yeah. the 80s i i've read batman superman deadpool like and granted deadpool didn't come out till 1991 but hey i i read a lot of the comic books i love a lot of the cartoons Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just a fan okay
1: so So. speaking of deadpool like there was a ad that popped up on my facebook feed that i really wanted to buy it was a t-shirt that had little deadpool and it just had uh, an i'm with stupid arrow and it pointed to you (laughs) oh nice (laughs) like yourself which i was like "Ah, that's perfect
0: yeah, did you did anyway. you see someone's little Deadpool head popped off the spring and went down into the the drain hole during a game? No, <laughs> well,
1: that's uh, kind of funny, actually. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anywho, okay, okay, uh, <laughs> all right. So well, let's talk about some of the news this week, and then I want to reverse back to two weeks ago.
1: You'll you'll rewind. Okay.
0: So first off, uh, Spooky just showed 15 minutes of gameplay of Rick and Morty, and this game looks fantastic. This is arguably, oh, this is now the Simpsons of our time. It's got the voices. It's got the gameplay. It looks like fun. It looks brutal. The, the, the center kick out hole spits it out so fast. It's ridiculous. Like, I love that they've done this, and I didn't buy one myself. I know plenty of people that have. I can't wait for them to get in their collections and get my hands on it because it just looks so fun to play. Brilliant move by Spooky and the topper absolutely fantastic. It's a couple pieces of plastic and a motor but it fits the theme so well and it came for free for supporting them. Like you don't see any other companies out there doing that. Just like good job Spooky. You guys are doing fantastic. Like Charlie, Scott, we need to have you on and talk to you guys cuz yeah, we just we love what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it, it it looks it looks fun. Uh it's not I I've talked about this before. It's not for me, which I actually say is a plus because most pinball is actually geared toward me, my demographic. Yep. So I, I'm glad they're branching out. I'm glad they're looking at different things. Uh, I certainly want to play it. I still am of the uh, of the mo- uh, mentality that before you buy a game, you have to play it because it's uh, there are some fantastic games that just won't push your buttons. So it does look like a lot of fun. It certainly looks different. If you're looking for something different than what Stern, uh, the Stern... Um, well, it sounds a little dismissive, but the Stern game plan and their uh, their playfields feel like a Stern playfield, if if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but so, if you're looking for alternative, it is a great alternative. Uh, it's this one's not for me, but I I'm with you. I want to I want to play someone's. I uh, we have a friend who has TNA, and I love it. I think it's fun, and I wouldn't mind having one of those at some point. Uh, this one, however, with, especially with the adult mode, there's zero chance that will make it to my house.
0: <laughs> well, you can turn off adult mode, but yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll just be solid. No, beats. Exactly. Beep, yep, yep. Beep. But it looks great. If you haven't checked out the footage, go hit up Spooky's Facebook page. It's, it's great.
1: It it, it certainly looks like a great game
0: for this generation. Absolutely. I agree. All righty. Let's also talk about Haggis Pinball. We got a message Probably about an hour or two before we started recording. And Damien was nice enough to say, Hey, you need to check out my video. And so I thought he was joking because he said that he sent us a video of um them hitting a playfield with a sledgehammer. And I'm like, ha, yeah, like you're doing the deep root thing. Like I thought he was joking. He's like, No, seriously, go watch the video. Did you did you see this? Yeah. It's um
1: I, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. Well, okay. Uh, this is. I. I'm always. I am not an early adopter for technology. Okay. So when things come out and they they have done something different than what has previously done for the past uh, seventy years, then I'm immediately skeptical, because what what I'm saying is that okay, do you don't you think that like uh, that Stern has tried polycarbonate play fields or they've tried a different material, but for some reason, because uh, that's what this is. This is, it's a, it's a laminate with the, uh, with the screen printing on it with a laminate on top of it. So it's this plastic sandwich that they have. Okay. And I, I'm all for innovation and trying different things. I do have to beg the question, why has no one else done this? And does it affect the way the ball rolls? Because a ball it, on a on a playfield, it doesn't just roll; it also yeah. spins. It has different trajectories, and so that's why when you play uh, when you play games, sometimes with a playfield protector that has like laminate on it or something, it feels differently. And really, if you look at uh, the way TNA plays, the ball does feel like it rolls differently than other playfields. Possibly. And whether or not that's a good thing or bad thing, but you need to look at that and say, okay, great. It but is it still as fun as your yeah. standard? Is there something that's gonna make it different? Uh, so that's why I'm I, I you know I'm impressed because obviously people want a bulletproof play field. I also wonder about maintenance. I wonder about if it plays the same, I wonder about why other people haven't done it. Um, so I don't know, what
0: are your thoughts? So my thoughts are I think the reason Stern's cutting so much, getting so much slack, is we're seeing more and more people come out of the woodwork. Pun intended. Like Spooky, after the dimpling stuff all came out, you know, you got Spooky over in the corner, like, woohoo, look at us! Like, our playfields don't do that. I mean, granted, Spooky does have different issues, but their playfields don't do that. And then you know, Deep Root's been saying for years now, we're still gonna, well, we'll see here next month, uh, if their playfields really do hold up. And we don't know what they're gonna be using as their play field. But if, if theirs holds true, there's another company, and then you've got Haggis Pinball, who just on video showed us you could take the ball and drop it from like three feet off the playfield. They took three different hammers and then a freaking sludge hammer to the thing. And and granted it wasn't a full swing, but it's still you're you're taking it's a hammer. Hammer. <laughs> So I think it, it begs the question because I know what Spooky do is doing. What spooky is doing is different than what haggis is doing. And so I, I know there's been a certain way that it's been done over the years, but what's the old adage? You, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Why can't we invest in some different technology and see what's going on? And I think that's the only reason it could just be me that Stern and JJP is cutting slack because, Either bring it in house and figure it out, or stop raising prices. I mean, S- Stranger Things just went up another two hundred bucks from from Jurassic Park, and we're having these issues. And so I think that's why people are getting concerned.
1: Yeah. I, I, hey, I I am hope optimistic. Agreed. It. And, and so yeah, the, the way the way I look at it is like I'm not pessimistic. I'm not optimistic. I'm hope optimistic in that I hope. It's a better way, and they have solved the problems. Uh, I am a little bit. I'm hedging my bet a little bit, just because um, when I play TNA, I feel that it it the ball rolls differently. It does. It feels different, and so is it going to provide the same pinball wow factor?
0: Well, and I think the the other point to what you had said, though, the playfields being built the same for the last however many years, they haven't though. Like if you look at a '70s playfield the paint's pretty much gone on any that have not been cleared. And then you look at right. 80s playfield, and it, they were a little bit more roughed up, but it wasn't until Diamond Plate was then brought along. And Diamond Plate gave us a whole different thing. And then Stern 2000 series, like we, we see an evolution, and Mylar plays into that. And so I, I think that no two games play alike when it does come to playfields because of that reason over the generations. so
1: Yeah. And I, I'm grateful that the games I have are not roached. Yeah, Like the, the, the play fields all look great. The ones that I bought, but I've also not bought any games that have been thrashed. So I, the oldest game I have in my basement right now is black Rose. And that is a, you know, it's a, it's an early nineties game. But it still it still doesn't have paint that are that's gone. So, yeah, I I I guess that I'm I I'm more welcoming of an evolution as opposed to a revolution. Just because you know it's okay. My friend had I'll I'll use the car example. My friend has a Tesla, and by the way, that is a fun car to drive. It's a Model Three, and it has the the performance package, and it's like you're driving a roller coaster. You hit the gas. And it's hitting warp speed on the Millennium Falcon. It goes so fast. I also didn't buy one, even though it's, you know, it's still expensive. I know that. But I also looked at it and I was like, okay, so what's the maintenance on yeah. it? And do you have to ship it away to get it fixed? And so there's a, you know, there's like an Audi dealership that's right down the street from me. And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, and I know Audi has their problems too, but I'm saying that there's, a car there's a dealer there that's been building cars for a long time and so you know maybe their version of the electric car may be something i'd be more interested in i'm i'm not interested in a car for another 10 (laughs) years or so but the the, but okay but do you see where i'm getting at at. is that in an established brand doing something different now usually i i totally admit that it usually takes like a tesla type uh, manufacturer that comes along and has a completely different approach to rock the industry to do something. And perhaps that's what Spooky is. That's what Haggis is. I mean, that's what JJP was. JJP was the spark that pushed Stern into helping their game. So maybe this is something that will that will be a revolution in, in play fields.
0: Well, and I encourage those that are going to Texas Pinball Festival, Damien will be there and he's going to have a kilts there play the game, like put your own opinion on it. And here's the cool part. This game, US dollars is 5250 bucks. That That's is shocking. amazing. So hopefully he brings some games with him f- over from Australia with like some extras because these games are really cool. And the customization on this is a cool idea too. Like you can have your name put in the game. You have trim, different colors. Uh, there's like a toy add-on and and obviously you're going to have a price go up and whatnot, but this is a man that 18 months ago hadn't even taken off a, a glass to a pinball machine ever in his life. And and now he's building them and showing him what, what we can, what he can do. So reserve your opinion for Haggis until you get to TPF and get your hands on it. And then I want to, I want to everyone to leave us like a memo on what their thoughts were. Cause I really think this is a passion project. Gentleman that could really do some cool stuff in the hobby if he's supported. so
1: Yeah this could be a spooky yep. too. It, it, it really could be And uh, I, I'm looking forward to playing it because I'd be interested to see how uh, just how the gameplay feels
0: I agree. So speaking of Texas pinball Festival, Scott, you are officially confirmed for the dev- the dead Deadpool party. <laughs> golly <laughs> the <laughs> Woo! deep root party. And you're on the party bus. So I
1: am on the party bus. So I, you know, it's, I still, okay, I'll put it this way. Uh, Do you remember when my big fat Greek wedding came out? Yeah. Yeah. And when like, um, I, I, I have no idea what her name is and I'm sorry, but she's the one who wrote it and she was the star and all that kind of stuff. And she says, I feel like the, like the new kid who's like going to all these cool parties and I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like we're the like we're the new podcaster out there. I still feel like we're part of the the new the new clan, and I'm like I don't know. Like I'm, am, am, are we established? Are we like what do I do going to these people? Like hey, uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. That it's me. Um, okay, I'll just go over and hang out in the corner. I I, I don't even know what to say. The 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 fact that we were allowed to go to the uh, the deep root reveal, I'm really excited about and. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll tell you that Robert Mueller put up his own money to do this. Uh, he's hosting this big party um, for the media who got credentials. Uh, they're they're paying for a hotel, so I, he is doing a lot of stuff that is again still impressive for someone who's trying to launch his own company. I agree. Um, and then afterwards, they even threw out there that hey, we've got a bus that's going to be going from San Antonio to Frisco. If you want to ride, let us know. We have a few spaces, and so I got one of those spaces. So this will be really interesting. This will this will be an eye opening experience.
0: It's gonna be awesome, dude. I'm I'm yeah, so, I, I, but yeah,
1: I, I'm excited to go and tour the tour the factory, get my hands on games, talk to everybody, you know, talk to Dennis, talk to Steve, talk to you know, talk to Barry, everybody who's going to be involved because these are all legends in the industry, and we have a whole day just with them.
0: Well, and that's what I think is cool so, too. Is they said right in our letter that it's not just Raza. There will be games with an S there to play. Yeah. So
1: hey, hey he, he's going big, and so I, I, okay, I, you know what, he's gotten a lot of criticism, and I would say justifiably so for yep. uh, for some of the claims but I'm really curious to see what they're going to come up with for this reveal. I'm really excited for it.
0: Okay. So you talked about us still being the new kid on the block, but we've got to talk about, we, we talked about him two episodes ago, macho pinball. This dude is. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Okay. I, I want to play pinball with macho pinball at Texas pinball fest. You know, you don't even have to tell me who you are. You can come in a Randy Savage mask and, and tassels and your slim gyms but we will play dollar games at some point. So, I'm throwing it down there right now, macho, you pick
0: the game and we will take you out. I agree. But, macho pinball, if you are listening, I'm going to put out a challenge to you right now. If you sir are the real macho man Randy Savage. Why by the way he isn't cuz that man died back in 2011. But but if you were the real Macho Man Randy Savage, the real Macho Man Randy Savage, produced a rap album. You better rap as Macho Man Randy Savage. I gotta hear this. (laughs) Wait, wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious. He did a rap album? Yeah, you can go on YouTube. Macho Man Randy Savage produced a a rap album back in like 2003, if I remember correctly. Uh, Uh, Oh, so this was even like after.
1: So in the 80s, it was like a big thing for. Uh, like movie stars who wanted to be like music stars and music stars who wanted to be movie stars. So I bet you don't know this, but Eddie Murphy has a singing album out there and it's not a joke. <laughs> nice. He does. It, it, it's a song. It's like, it, it, the funny thing is you've probably heard the song. It's like my girl wants to party all the time, party all the time. And it's him singing. So it's, it's yeah. And Don Johnson had an album and he sang with like, I I think he sang with Barbra Streisand. I seriously, Don Johnson, uh, dude from Die Hard, Bruce Willis had one. Like all these random celebrities that made albums. So I thought you were going to say Macho made an album in the. No, 80s,
0: he but. made it in the two thousands. He actually made he yeah. made one, and then another one was released after his death. And I think it might have been like his estate took songs that he wrote afterwards and stuck them in but seriously it's like wow. macho man unchained or something like that and it's it's pretty pretty interesting
1: is it like is it like the twisted sister christmas uh, album
0: no it's you've just got to go listen to it like you okay you know, it's yeah. an experience it's a challenge I, I got about two songs and i was like okay i think i get the idea of the CD. like
1: yeah, the, yeah, exactly. That's usually how it goes. You're like, yeah, and Shaq did his rap album too. So,
0: and I gotta say, I really do appreciate like Macho Man episode number four. If you listen to our Lauren Gray episode, he pretty much took yeah. everything we said and put it in his episode number four. Your his breakfast shake that was Scott. Yeah. <laughs> 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 trademark uh, yeah your Trademark, <laughs>
1: so. yeah uh, uh, hey you know what that's all you that's all you macho you, you make it your own seriously macho so. like you gotta tell us who you are and we gotta send you a hat you know no I, you know it's even okay yeah we can send you a hat but I you know what I don't even want to know who you are because it's better not knowing
0: but I want one of those sweet so. sweet pink t-shirts like come on dude
1: <laughs> yeah no it's it's fine like we can yeah we'll send you a hat and you can do a macho man thing by the way i have been wearing the beanie hat for the last week is that and thing it warm? has been yeah it's awesome i i am a i i'm a frigid guy and so this keeps my my cranium toasty
0: cozy so it's awesome well what's even funny is martin from head to head will formerly head to head uh, he posted a picture of him car shopping and he had our hat on and then Keith Elwin said, dude, your hat's so 2019 and he had our new, <laughs> new beanie on and I was, I was dying. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I felt a little bit like Wayne's world, but we're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keith, we're not worthy, but it's, speaking of we got to have him back on soon. So, um, yeah, love to let's, let's talk. I want to rewind two weeks. So you were in Guatemala, uh, head to head called it quits. Then this Zach and Dennis aside they're walking away from this weekend pinball and then special one lit said, Hey, we're hanging up the reins as well. And I think by the end of Monday night, people was already like kind of had it figured out and it was it was what it was. Um and you were kind of hearing some of this down in Guatemala. But um I want to recap what I was going through at that moment. So Monday I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. Someone sent me the video about the, the the pinball network, which we put on our Facebook page. And at first, I'm not going to lie, I, I was a little upset. And the reason being is I is I'm, I'm consider myself good friends with a lot of these guys. And so uh, I was kind of like, why didn't we get invited? Like, I didn't understand the concepts and whatnot. And, and by Tuesday morning, I was over it. It wasn't a big deal. And, and then we had Martin on. And Martin kind of told me, Hey, what I'm doing is is Jeff and teal's and I are doing a show. That's that's all I know. So I was like, cool, not a big deal. And then he told me, but they are gonna be telling everyone here on Wednesday. And so I'm gonna take it from there. I, I've written down my thoughts from Wednesday on. And and then I guess you're gonna give your perspective being an outside person, right, Scott? Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote I wrote down my thoughts. Granted, this was almost two weeks ago. Um so if it sounds very past tense that I'm reading it's because I am reading and it is past tense so here we go I'm going to give an outside look outsiders looking in perspective Scott and I were not made aware of the pinball network, and we weren't 100% for sure it was a real thing until the announcement on Wednesday the 22nd. It was fairly clear what was happening between the multiple podcasts quitting and then the teaser trailer that was posted on NAP Arcade a week before the podcast started calling it quits. So let's rewind to Wednesday afternoon when the official trailer was dropped. My initial reaction was, cool, this is a way for some prominent personalities in pinball to give more content without, with causing less burnout. Yes, there will be more content, but between six hosts for one show, it should be easier to make schedules work. Even Martin, who went from a weekly show, now will do a bi-monthly show, which definitely helps with counteracting burnout. So the tra- trailer drops, right? And within an hour or so, Deadflip streaming posts that no girls allowed picture. I'm pretty for sure you've all seen it. If not, I know Deadflip still has it up on his page. Um. Which who could, who could deny, really, seriously. Like, looking on the surface of the trailer, it's a bunch of white dudes coming together to create content. But when I saw the trailer, I didn't see that. And maybe it's because I'm not a woman. I don't know. I have diversity in my family, but I didn't take offense to the fact that nobody in the pinball network isn't a representative of my specific background. But when I look at the gentlemen in the video, I saw the content of their character that I've known for the last year or two. Dennis Creasel has stood up multiple times for women's rights in the pinball hobby and has thrown support behind multiple females in the hobby. Zach Many has talked very positive about women's rights when issues have come up within the hobby and has had female members of the community on the Twit podcast. Greg Bone speaks very highly of women in the hobby and has even publicly talked about his daughters and his family and how he is teaching them to be empowered as young women. Jeff Teolis has had more female community members on his show, Pinball Profile, than probably all the male-driven podcasts and streamers put together. Jeff has been very open about talking about the Women's Advisory Board for EIFPA and how it is making positive strides in the hobby for women. Those are just some of the reasons that played out in my mind as things unfolded over the next 24 hours after the reveal. And let's not sugarcoat this either. This post came out and it was like someone had poured gasoline on the pinball portion of the internet and lit it on fire. I stepped back publicly in that moment because I considered everyone from the pinball network and Jack Danger to be either friends of mine or at very, very least, good acquaintances. I could see the issue from what I felt like was every angle at that point. And with me, I never comment on one of those threads. There was multiple reasons that I didn't post on it, but I I feel like people don't talk... With each other, they talk at each other. And that's typically what happens on these threads. So depending on how the reader reads the comments determines on how the conversation will go. And a lot of these times in these comment thread situations, people end up explaining what their comments mean more than actually discussing the issue at hand. One of the main factors of what played into this whole situation for me was what had been happening publicly leading up to this reveal. I don't know if you'd notice it, But there has been an interesting amount of tension between Jack Danger and certain people at the Pinball Network. You can go back, you can read these posts on Facebook as long as they haven't been taken down or modified. But between both Jack and Zach being called trolls, Zach being called a racist, the drama of the Twippy Awards, and the exploitation of their qualifications of their specific categories, it felt like it was just another attempt at another fight. Again, this is, from my point of view, of my perspective. Others gave their perspective, and it seemed like some were genuine in their concern, while others just wanted to add fuel to the fire that was at a roar at this point. But by Thursday afternoon, Crystal Gimmick announced her joining the Pinball Network, which, by the way, I felt bad because right out of the gate, her post looked like she was already defending her decision to join, and the fire was put out. But this is what upsets me the most. Most everyone that demanded equality didn't give an apology. Heck, most didn't even given an acknowledgement that the diversity people were demanding had actually happened. But I take two things away from this. And I'm going to, again, this is all my perspective first between the arguments leading up to this and the argument itself. I feel like sides are being made and lines are being drawn, which I do not like at all. Pinball is a hobby about bringing people together and dropping the social diversity lines that have been made. So for this, <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So for this to happen, felt like it literally split the hobby into two pieces for me. We need to figure out how to talk about these issues without what people have dubbed as mudslinging. Second, the hobby is full of personalities and egos. What you see in the hobby doesn't necessarily reflect the person that goes home to their family at, at the end of the day. We as a hobby need to respect that. So don't bring people's families into the fight. I saw this going on in the comment thread, and it really, really bothered me. May it's because I'm a father, and I have a wife, I very much love and respect, but please leave people's personal lives out of this. I appreciate open discussion in the hobby about these issues and encourage people to have a respectful conversation when it comes to these issues. For me personally, I'm not a woman if you couldn't tell, but I respect those in the hobby who are, I want for women in the hobby, what I would want for my wife or my daughter, a place where they are respected and feel safe.
1: I. It's good. It's, it's your raw emotion that happened. And really, you were texting me about it and said, well, check this out. And I, I was very busy uh, at the time, so I didn't have time to really get into it. Um, you actually interact with a lot more uh, with more of these personalities than I do. I, I have messaged a few of them uh, back and forth, and I've had a, a positive relationship with them. But uh, I would say that you have interacted and gotten to more know more of them than I have and so in many ways this felt a little bit like a family feud for you Um, uh, when I see things like this it, it every time I look at a reaction and especially when you're examining things I always try to start with the end goal in mind and then I try to to walk back from there so I asked myself when all these things happened was the end goal to bring a more positive view on pinball and to be able to open up forums for many people to contribute or was it an, an attempt to attack a potential rival network and you can, you can take your own perspective on that. Um, I felt that, the uh, the mudslinging wasn't as genuine as uh, it appeared to be. Um, Dennis even went on and, and explained a big post, uh, a very well-thought-out post, and it was completely ignored, just like you said. No one actually acknowledged it and said, oh, they have responded. It just seemed like we are going to ignore what they're saying and we're going to keep pushing our view of the narrative because it helps reinforce our stance. Sadly, you see it in the news right now. And um, it's always really been this way. But you see, if you turn to this news program, you're going to get this editorial uh, slant. If you turn to this other one, you're going to get an editorial slant. And so that's where you need to start and say, what was the end goal with all this? Um, I will also point out that Sadly, the cynical part of me says, if you want to examine the motivation for a lot of people, you also need to consider the revenue streams. And if revenue is part of your pinball business, then what people do can affect you positively or negatively. And that will elicit some reactions, positive or negative. So that's the sad thing. Um I've said it before that I always cringe a little bit when people say uh, pinball people are, are the best. Yep. Because you see things like this too. And so, are pinball people the best? Y- yeah, they are. Are pinball people the worst? Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, hop on pin side and stay there for ten minutes, and then think: Do I want to be part of this hobby? when it just seems like a one-upsmanship of snide comments. When you have a network that's coming out, and this is the equivalent of judging an entire movie on a trailer. You can look at this 30-second snippet and say, this is what everything's about, okay? Well, I guess part of the question is, okay, have you done, this is your snap reaction on a 30-second thing. Now, okay, are some of those feelings genuine? Yes. Are some of those things that are brought up, are they personal dog whistles that really makes you feel a strong emotion? Absolutely. But I get back to it, this story. I've heard it before. It could be apocryphal. But uh, R- Walter Cronkite, when he was coming up and he was on the news and there was something that came through and they said, this is breaking news. And he said, okay, okay. But instead of immediately reporting it, he went over and he started calling to verify things. And they said, well, if you don't get on and do this, you're fired. He's like, okay. And I can't, I, I can't even remember if the apoc- if it's a real story or an apocryphal story, but you know here's what we need to remember. verify. If you have questions, great, ask them. But yep. here's an easy tip. Ask the source. If you have a question, ask Dennis. Or ask Zach or whatever. And so now if they give you a feedback that you're like, oh, okay, well that's exactly what I thought it was going to be, okay, fine. If you want to draw battle lines, that's fine. But a lot of times, you know, the the greatest distance between two people is a misunderstanding. And unless you're willing to go to the effort to say, look, it's so easy just to pop off and say a, a reactionary comment. Is that really helping? Like, what's the end goal? Is your end goal to actually bridge lines and open up things? And and I'm not really trying to relegate. I don't. I I've said it before. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your orientation is. The reason why I got into pinball is because hey, you like pinball. I like pinball. Great. Let's play. And that's my escape. But once you insert the qualification of what type of pinball player you are before the pinball player, then that's when the battle lines start coming up. I agree. And if if I'm a pinball player, okay, this is, this is Scott Larson. I'm a pinball player who happens to be a white male Christian Mormon anesthesiologist who lives in Utah. Great. But the first thing that I am is a pinball player when it comes to that group. I mean, obviously... Pinball is not what defines me, but in that setting it is. And I want to make sure that anybody who comes into my house and wants to play pinball with me, and if their qualification is, hi, I'm insert name here, and I'm a pinball player who happens to be an LGBTQ player who feels relegated to the shadows and uh, doesn't feel like I have a place in pinball, that's who I am. But guess what? We still want to play pinball together great. You're welcome in my house. And I want people to feel that way. And so I want people to feed, you know, it's getting back to that, that, uh, that wolf thing. What wolf's inside you feed the nice one, feed the one who's trying to reach out and try to look beyond opening doors instead of slamming in people's faces.
0: And like I said, I respect Jack danger. I respect Zach many. I respect Ken Cromwell Dennis Creasel. These people that are all involved in this, I just, I respect a lot of people in this community. I, I respect Chris Kalouris. Like, he does something different and brings something different to the pinball hobby. You may like it, you may not. And I reserve my opinion on that as well. But my point being is there should be a certain amount of respect for people that are taking their free time to entertain you. If you don't like it, move on. I just said it in the, in the, the epistle as, as Scott put it. Uh, and I, I don't really think there needs to be much more said than what I've already said. So
1: it it reminds me of the, um, if you haven't seen the hunt for out October, you should yeah, go yeah. see it. It's an amazing film and there's one part where it is haunting where, um, Captain uh, Ramius or Remus or it, Ramius, I think he's talking to uh, Sam Neal, who's his lieutenant, and he talks about it. And he just he just says um, his life. And it's a submarine film. It's a it's a submarine war film. He said, you know, it's a, a life at sea. I'm paraphrasing a life at sea with, with uh, no victory, uh, no victories, no, no battle monuments, only casualties. And I feel that recently especially in the pinball social network there are no victories there's only casualties like no one wins in yep. in these fights and if you really want to look at expanding pinball this isn't how to do it
0: i agree okay let's let's end this episode on <laughs> not this note <laughs> i don't know if you call this a positive so yeah. about a week ago a gentleman reached out to us on pin his name's Jockton. And Jockton has made this product called Pin Shades, And he asked if he sent us, Scott and I, a pair, if we'd honestly review them, no bars hold, however you say it, and just give our <laughs> no honest... holds barred. No holds barred. Give our honest opinion about these things. Um, I wanted to get your opinion about these, Scott. Okay, now let me point out that... So
1: I got in town a week ago. Okay. And I have been I jumped right back into working. And so I've I have not had time to play location pinball. Okay. So I wanted to hold off on using these because I actually splurged when I bought my collection and I have anti-reflective glass on every single one of my machines. Okay. So I was concerned that I would not be able to get an uh, give an honest review because right now I already have like non-glare glass on my machine. So I'm hoping to get to our lo- our local uh, pinball uh, venue kidos and try them out there or go to my friend's house who doesn't have AR glass on everything and to try them out. So it is on my to-do list and I swear I will give an <laughs> honest review, Josh, but I know you
0: don't have anti-reflective glass on your machines, So what did you think? So I'm going to give you... A couple different angles. I'm going to give you when I first got the product, Jockton sent it to us UPS. Uh, It was very nicely wrapped with bubble wrap inside of a box. The first thing you see when you pull it out is a glasses case. It's a a leather. It's not really like hard case. It's it's a little flimsy, which is it's fine. It's a case. I mean, anyone that owns it's a glasses case. Yeah, yeah. So you unzip them. uh, They're wrapped in plastic. You pull the plastic off. My first initial thoughts when I pulled them out of the thing was um, I, I, th- I thought oh, – at first I thought they were cheap. And I, okay. I don't know why I thought that because uh, now more than I've held them, I think it's honestly the lens itself. The lens is plastic, which my glasses are made out of plastic, but my glasses that I wear, my prescriptions are a heavier plastic that feel like glass where these, they feel very, very much like plastic, but it's a nice solid metal frame. Um, the rubber that is on the ear pieces. Um, it's nice. It, it's, it's what it needs to be. So that was my first impressions. And I was excited for these because of our closest location is a bowling alley. And it has that hospital lighting, you know, the fluorescent lights that, i am very familiar with hospital lighting (laughs) so the fluorescent lights and they're right directly over the pinball machines over there there's a fun house the worst there's a fun house you have to lean your head way to the left way to the left i'm doing this as i'm talking about it so you can Mm. even see the play field and so uh i didn't it's it's a 20 minute drive so i slapped these on first night i had them at home i don't have anti-reflective glass but my lighting in my house isn't too bad. So I've never really noticed the reflection until I put these glasses on. Uh, I've got attack for Mars, Ellie, I've got a monster bash Ellie, and I've got a world cup soccer. And there's a lot of reflection that comes off those sweet, sweet toppers. I've never noticed this. And I put these glasses on and between that and the LEDs, that, that glass was just beautiful. Like I had no issues with it. um, the day before I had the glasses, my warm up game on Attack from Mars was two billion. My first warm up game with the glasses on was five billion. I don't know if it has anything to do with the glasses, but we'll move on from that. But I, I've, I've gotten so used to these glasses now that I actually have to wear them while I'm playing because of the anti reflection. Uh, same with Monster Bash; it has a really bright topper. Um, I didn't have any groundbreaking scores on Monster Bash, but. The other thing that I do like about these, they're big enough and wide enough that if you do wear glasses, they fit over the top without you looking silly. (laughs) I asked my wife, I said, do I look ridiculous in these? And she says, well, you look ridiculously ridiculous playing pinball. So does it really matter? (laughs) But anywho, they feel comfortable over my prescriptions. I love wearing my prescription glasses. Um, Did you try them on, Scott?
1: I, I did. I, I briefly tried it. And I will say that if you want glasses, though, you want them to be lightweight. I agree. And so I, I didn't really quibble about that. And really, <clears throat> most glasses are uh, – you're paying a lot more than you than you probably should be. Uh, I actually wor- used to work in the in an eyeglass shop. And most of those things are manufactured to look expensive when they really are Cheap. probably the same type of uh, – yeah, they're – they're, they're low cost. Cause that's how they make money. Exactly. Um, I will say there are games, there are games that are game changers. So being able to see the upper play field is huge. Um, for example, when I put now the, this is using an anti-reflective glass, but the principle is still the same. I put an anti-reflective glass in black rose, and my wife came down and she looked up and she said, wait, there's a painted ship on the back. Cause if you look at the, you know, like below the back box, Um, I don't know what that part is called, but you know, if if there's like, you know, the pin blades are on the side and the the very back panel, uh, there's a, there's a ship painted there. You could never see it before because there was so much glare and the upper third of the playfield, you couldn't even see, but now I can see the whole playfield. And so it does provide a huge advantage because most pinball machines, uh, most of the shots are in the upper half to upper third of the playfield so and you you can certainly try them out and see i am looking forward to try them out on a place that doesn't have anti-reflective glass and i will give you my report
0: so i want to mention two more things so just like you said that back box everyone has a back box on their pinball machine the bright leds reflect on the that last one third and i've never noticed that either and it has made seeing the upper third of that play field so much easier um I did go to the bowling alley, the one with the hospital lighting. And the first game I ran to was Funhouse because I knew that Funhouse was the hardest one to play because you can only see the play field if you're leaning 45 degrees to the left. Pop these bad boys on. Uh, I I did, I did the, you know, put them on, take them off, put them on, take them off. And I will say it did not eliminate the fluorescent light that was directly above it shines directly on the glass. But as I was playing fun house, I didn't even notice as I got into the game that the reflection of the fluorescent light was there. And I didn't have to keep my head cocked 45 degrees to the left. And I must've been playing better because I have played this fun house. This, this fun house is trashed by the way, the hot dog insert in the middle like raised up instead of the operator actually fixing it, he like just sanded down one side of it, so it's turned into a ramp now that launches the <laughs> ball into the back half of the game. It's wonderful, Classy. yeah. But anywho, um, I could actually see all that, and the highest score I think it ever got on Funhouse was like four or five million. First game with the glasses on, twelve million. And I got the high score for that location. So that must mean something not only about my skills, but everyone else's skills because no one else has taken Mm -hmm. the high score on this game. No one's even got to put their name on the high score of this game. Um, The other games I played, the light wasn't directly over it, but it was nice to have these on because with the lights being to the left and the right, they still shine off that glass pretty bad. Putting these glasses on fantastic. Saw great high scores all around. Like honestly, my game has improved because of these. So Um, I would recommend this product to anyone, especially for how much did you pay for your anti-reflective glass? If you don't mind telling us, Scott. Oh, it's a few hundred bucks each. There are a few hundred bucks. Each each. sheet is a few hundred Mm -hmm. bucks. It, it, It was like 200 to 300 bucks. These pin shades are $80 and you can find Jockton. He's on pin side. Just type in pin shades, P I N S H A D E S. Uh, He's he's there, hit him up. Um, he's also done a discount code for our listeners. So if you give him loser loser kid 10, he'll take 10% off the purchase. It's $79.99. I can't remember if that includes shipping or not. Don't quote me. Um, but I mean still eight bucks off of your, your total price. I mean $70 for these glasses, I, I think's a still of a deal.
1: Yeah. It's it, it's uh anytime you can have a you know it's basically a mod that fits on any Mm -hmm. game and (laughs) really we're not getting anything for this so this is just our honest opinion so if if you want to try to up your game on location which is really one of the hardest things to do is is increase your advantage on location it really does and if you're looking at tournaments tournaments usually have horrible lighting too agreed so that's just another place Uh, if you're Going to Texas uh, or going to any of these pinball festivals, they all just set them up wherever they can, and the lights are usually horrible. So if you can get an advantage in those things, you know what that that winnings that you're going to
0: have uh, are just going to offset what you paid. Well, and speaking of advantage, we got a message from Charles Bell, and he wanted to thank us. He bought one of our hats a couple weeks ago, and he wore the hat. It got him into finals for state. And he ended up taking third overall, (laughs) and he's like, "I've already got my sight set for first in the state next year."
1: Exactly. You know, it's all the it's the loser kid. uh, It's the Elwin experience. That's what it is. It really. You are that's what it is. You are channeling the goat by wearing the hat. Absolutely.
0: So, if you want a hat, I do have a couple left. I've got some more beanies on order because they went like hotcakes. Um, We'll have them at TPF. We won't have it if you want a hat at TPF. Please message us. So we can keep a hat for you. We've already got one for Jeff Teolis and one for Lauren Gray. Um, So there's already two, two spoken for, but if you want a hat, please let us know so we can get you one. So we've been running an hour and 20, dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's been a little bit more of a, a, a Namaste episode to, uh, to talk about the, the pinball karma. And, you know, we, again, we try to keep it light and I, I hate dealing with this stuff because it really detracts from what I'm trying to do in pinball and and escape from whatever drama we're all dealing with and so you know again feed, uh, feed the feed the right monster inside you feed the good monster so ooh speaking,
0: hold on. speaking of speaking feeding the good monster <laughs> I don't know why I'm why I'm relaying this to orbital Albert go check out his truce episode we totally. So I don't know if you knew this, Scott. So he did a top five podcast like a year ago or back in the summer, I think. Mm -hmm. And we were an honorable mention. We weren't even near the top five. But guess what? We made it in his top five this time. Oh, yeah.
1: Number four, baby.
0: (laughs) Number four. And thank you, Albert. Thank you. Those were very kind words. Uh, Loved what you said. And congratulations on your TPN entry. So they need TPF,
1: TPN. The pin- oh, the pinball, the pinball network.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, all right. Got it. So, <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> anyway. All right, so uh, we're wrapping up now. Um, anything, any, any parting uh, parting wisdom do you have to say, Josh?
0: Treat each other nicely, dude. Play some pinball. Or I guess not dude. Treat treat each other nicely, people. Play some pinball. Yeah, let,
1: let's be positive in the pinball community. And... Uh, if you're uh, looking for us uh, we're on all the major podcasting networks and if you're uh, if you're an iTunes listener please leave us a review it actually helps boost our ratings and it helps more
0: people find us you know it also if you want to contact us we're at loser kid pinball podcast at gmail.com we're also on Facebook at loser kid pinball podcast and Instagram if you want to hit us up honestly probably the best place is to hit us on Facebook Um, yeah other than that man I'm excited for a TPF I'm excited for the yeah. people coming on our show here in the next two weeks hopefully so yeah it'll be great thanks Josh
1: you guys have a great time
0: you too man